Hi everyone, uh, welcome to a briefing for 28 June on BriskLine's Q3 events forecast for 2021. My name is Alan Kunuraja and I'm a senior analyst here at BriskLine. BriskLine is a travel intelligence company. We provide country and city risk assessments and real-time alert messaging to fulfill duty of care requirements before and during travel. Trusted by global travel management companies, small businesses, and everyone in between, RiskLine operates as a geographically distributed team in over 15 countries and across 11 different time, time zones. Here's a brief background about myself. Uh, I joined RiskLine in February 2015, and my areas of expertise include Southeast Asia, East Asia, and general travel safety issues affecting the business traveler. Now, as we approach the halfway mark of a chaotic year, we highlight some of the key risks to look out for across the globe in Q3 of 2021 starting with the Amazon dry season. The upcoming Amazon dry season poses a risk of wildfires exacerbated by a lack of efforts to combat deforestation. As Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro dismantled environmental protection agencies and policies, the Amazon has seen large wildfires in 2019 with deforestation rates reaching a 12-year high in 2020. Meanwhile, the frequency of wildfires also increased in the Amazon regions of Colombia, Peru, and Venezuela. While Bolsonaro has faced international backlash for reversing Brazilian efforts to reduce deforestation, other governments have also allowed agribusiness and mining to expand in their countries. Over 2,300 illegal gold mines have been identified in Brazil, Bolivia, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, and Venezuela. Venezuela has increasingly relied on gold mining in response to the continuing economic crisis. While the Amazon region in Colombia saw an increase in logging and mining following the 2016 peace accord, with the left-wing left -wing Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, or FERC, guerrilla group. With the lack of efforts being made to combat deforestation, the risk of similar wildfires are likely during the upcoming Amazon dry season. Now moving on to Myanmar. The court trial of Myanmar's ousted leader Aung San Suu Kyi, which began on 14 June, will conclude in late July. Suu Kyi faces several trumped-up criminal charges, including a possession of illegal walkie-talkies during the 2020 elections, and allegations of corruption. Activists opposed to Suu Kyi's arrest have protested daily in urban areas of Nepitao and Yangon. Security forces have often clashed violently with protesters, with over 800 people killed since the military takeover on 1st February. Protests have the potential to escalate to further widespread unrest if Suu Kyi is convicted. There is a high likelihood that Suu Kyi and her supporters will get life imprisonment as, in, as seen in previous similar trials during the military rule in 1962 through to 2010, as most of the judges are appointed by the military. The fighting by rebel groups opposed to military rule is also likely to intensify in Shan, Kachin, and Kaya states in the near term due to the emergence of a coalition of rebel groups in opposition to the military. In May 2021, the People's Defense Forces, an army of the National Unity Government in exile, was formed by partnering with multiple ethnic militia groups. As of 21st June, at least 100,000 people have been displaced in the fighting within Myanmar's military and rebels in, the eastern, in eastern Myanmar. As the fighting intensifies in the near term, thousands more civilians will likely be displaced to neighboring countries. In Africa's Sahel region, following Mali's second coup in nine months, French President Emmanuel Macron announced the gradual withdrawal of French troops from Africa from the Sahel region and the end of, the op of, end of Operation Barkhane which will be replaced by a broader international counterterrorism mission. The G5 Sahel countries of Burkina Faso, Chad, Mali, Mauritania, and Niger have previously warned France against a rapid withdrawal, 
which would likely lead to an increase in violence perpetrated by groups aligned to Al-Qaeda and, and the Islamic State. Even before the announcement, attacks had been on the rise in the Sahel, with emboldened militants carrying out attacks across the region. Efforts aimed at containing the threat have prevented militants from gaining control over large swathes of territory, but have failed to deter large-scale attacks or address the underlying causes driving the insurgency. Any additional withdrawal from the Sahel is likely to lead to more violence in the near term and will encourage transnational militant groups to establish a new base from which to plot and carry out attacks across Africa and beyond in the long term. Moving on to Russia, elections for the 450 seats in the Russian parliament's lower house or state Duma will be held on 17 to 19 September 2021. State-run polls show the current rating of the pro-Putin United Russia party is around 30%. 10% lower than before, the 2006, than before the 2016 elections. As for the communist, liberal democratic and just Russia parties, which are generally docile and supportive of the Kremlin's initiatives, their combined rating stands at around 30%. In the run up to the election, the Kremlin has stepped up its crackdown on critics, especially on organizations tied to Alexei Navalny, a prominent anti-Putin figure which were declared extremists and banned from the elections on 9th on June. Navalny supporters would likely oppose the United Russia through smart voting, a mechanism aimed at consolidating votes from those who oppose the United Russia party. As social networks are the opposition's main communications platforms, the Kremlin has intensified efforts to control online content. Despite this, the 2021 state Duma elections are unlikely to significantly change Russian political context and will undoubtedly see the ruling United Russia Party retain control over the lower house. In tandem, a rise in protectionism and nationalist rhetoric is likely during autumn. Moving on to the Tokyo Olympics, the postponed, the long postponed Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympic Games are scheduled to be held in Tokyo and several other Japanese cities from 23rd July to 8th August. While the games will not allow inbound foreign spectators and domestic spectators will be kept at the, at the lesser of 10,000 spectators or 50% of capacity per venue, heightened security and associated disruptions to overland, overland travel are still likely in the vicinity of Olympic venues due to the sheer scale of safe, safely transporting thousands of athletes and managing hundreds of events across multiple, multiple venues, along with the added measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19. An influx of domestic tourists in Tokyo and other cities with Olympic venues is possible despite government advisories against interprefectural movements over COVID-19 concerns. Traffic disruptions are expected on parts of the Shuto Expressway and other major roads in and around Tokyo, as priority lanes will be set for Olympics-related vehicles. Furthermore, anti-Olympics protests may take place due to the dissatisfaction over holding the games despite the risks of spreading COVID-19. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about RiskLine or schedule a demo of our travel risk intelligence solutions, get in touch via contact at riskline.com or at www.riskline.com.